living with epilepsy can be quite exhausting, can be frustrating, challenging, uh, disheartening, scary, lonely. There's so many emotions that can be said about living with epilepsy. And epilepsy is so much more than just seizures. You've got your up, down, up days, your down days, your in-between days, your what-the-hell days. You know, all these, all these days sometimes start to blur together, blend together. And, you know, you start getting burnt out. You start getting less motivated to move forward, less motivated to do something to help yourself, much less help other people around you. I, mean, I can only imagine what it's like having kids and being having epilepsy. I mean, I have had a dog. We'll talk about that later. Had a dog. All right, you're listening to Epilepsy Hell to Epilepsy Well with Alma Wayne Myers. So I'm sitting at the beach today. It's pretty early. I guess it's about 9, 9.30 finally, but it's still uh, overcast, cloudy. You probably hear the waves and the wind in the background. So you might need to turn the volume up a little bit to hear me a little bit better. Um, so, hey, thanks for tuning in. I appreciate you, but you know, I'm here sitting at the beach. It's been a while since I just came to the beach and sat and did very little, nothing, kind of connect. But, you know, on the walk over here, I started to cry. Um, I didn't get into crying, but, you know, the last time I took a walk was, was with my dog. And they put my dog down. Uh, I don't remember if it was last week or the week before. Um, like I said in the intro, sometimes the days just start to blur together. You know, um, I really liked, loved, appreciated Leroy. He was a huge, huge support in my mental health when I was going through uh, being a living caregiver, not getting paid, being a living caregiver, being bullied by the man's daughter. Um, being a living caregiver, having this friend of mine who's put in jail, making things harder from jail, not willing to talk to me, but my girlfriend's talking to him. You know, I have reading epilepsy, it's called communication epilepsy, so I was having issues writing letters, uh, having issues reading letters. It's actually really hard to read emails, to do social media. Everything would just make my braid go crazy. So Leroy made it a lot better. I would take him for a walk every day. You know, sometimes the walks were hard. Sometimes I'd drag him behind me because I just needed to get out of the light because the light was murdering my brain. And I needed to get back and relax and recover. But for the most part, I tried tried to let him determine what our walks were going to be about. And back in the day before he developed epilepsy, you know, the walks were a lot about stopping here, stopping there, smelling the pee, smelling the smells, lift your head, sniff around, track out whatever it is that he can smell that I can't. Uh, it must be very different being a dog and, you know, having smells kind of be like your eyesight where you can just track things, you can discern things, you can tell which dog is which that peed here whose poop this is, like, whatever. So, fortunately, he was not one of those dogs that ate other dogs' poop. I find that disgusting, but there are some dogs like that. But, like I said, I, I let him determine 
what we did on the walk, well, I determined the route that we went. So I like to change it up sometimes. Sometimes we go through the riverbed. Sometimes we go through the, the foresty area path on the backside of the river. Sometimes we go through nice neighborhoods. Sometimes we go up the main streets. It just depended on what I felt like doing, how much I felt like I could walk. And I realized that certain paths, he walked more and sniffed less. Definitely on the busier streets, there were far less dogs that were being walked that way. There was far less smells to stop for. And, you know, occasionally he'd still have to pee and mark his territory and whatever. But that's, that's what dogs do. Dogs do what dogs do. And you can't stop a dog from being a dog, expect the dog to be a cat, or a cat to be a dog, or a giraffe, or a rhinoceros, or anything. I mean, that's that's nonsense, right? So, we should take Leroy for a walk. It all started, actually, before that guy got locked up in jail. He told me he was depressed, wanted to kill himself. Um, I was basically being thrown out of the place I was living at because that person didn't need me to take care of their mom with them anymore and they were grieving and lashing out at me and finding faults in my struggle to figure out what that epilepsy hell was going on when I was living here in Mexico the first time with no drugs, no real doctors helping me. You know, I was just doing meditation, Tai Chi. I was eating vegan at the time because I'd had a seizure months before and I couldn't eat meat until I got to this guy's house and this guy's more like a meatitarian so uh, there's nothing really but meat to eat so I, I kind of had to break my brain's habit of preventing me from eating meat but he was ignoring his dog they didn't pay attention to his dog his dog was you know always hungry wasn't fed regularly it's kind of a wild animal so I asked him, I was like, hey, do you mind if I take your dog for a walk? And that was, it was all, all uphill for me and Leroy. He fell in love with me after that. So we, we went for walks all the time. Even after he got arrested, I was still taking care of his dog. You know, knowing that this isn't my dog, this other guy, he's registered to him. I mean, I wanted to steal him and run off with him officially. But at the same time, I couldn't afford to, you know, the medical expenses and some of the other stuff. So I really needed this guy to take, not take care of his dog, at least finance me helping him take care of his dog while he could do whatever he wanted without having to worry about it, whether it be locked up in jail or come out and go camping for the week or go to work or whatever, whatever it is that he felt like he needed the dog to be gone for so that he could actually uh, either do nothing or do more. I mean, I, I can't judge. I mean, I can, but, you know, who am I to judge? You know, the people that can't do more. There's definitely times when I can't do more. But I can say that it's, it must be hard to be a spoiled brat, to have everything done for you, and to not be able to solve problems but create them and be a giant bully. So I grew up with a bunch of bullies. I actually call this guy Gail Jr. He acts just like my father. So my brother will definitely agree with that. This guy is just a spoiled brat. He's entitled. He doesn't know what he's doing, but he is a giant bully. So, um, 
You know, my dad goes around demanding everybody call him doctor because he hasn't really earned much respect anywhere else in his life. So he feels like he at least accomplished something by getting a doctorate, a PhD in particle astrophysics that the uh, Veterans Administration paid for as part of his vocational rehab. Uh, so good for him, Dr. Dickhead. Still a dickhead. Just call him Dr. Dark Matter because his thesis is all on Dark Matter stuff. But uh, Dr. Dickhead. I know some other people like that. You know, they have their doctorates, and whether they're you're in their clinic or outside their clinic, they demand that you call them doctor and show them the respect that they earned at school, but they haven't actually earned in your life. So taking Leroy for walks, man, it was a uh, said sometimes it was a lot of fun sometimes it got to be a little hard I mean I actually took him traveling with me we went to Washington this one time uh took him up there probably twice but this one time I we went hiking and we went down to this little ravine and he actually climbed up the side of this ravine with me like we'd we'd walk along we'd get to a spot there was nowhere to go I'd pick him up I'd put him to the up on the next ledge you know I'd climb up onto the ledge you know, if he could walk further, he would. If he couldn't, he'd wait for me. I'd put him up onto the next ledge. And we literally scaled the side of this ravine to get back onto a path that we could figure out how to get back to the car and you know, go back to my buddy's house, which was on the beach. And he could eat his barnacles. Man, I discovered that that guy loved barnacles by going up to Washington and my buddy's house. It was so funny. My my buddy's fiance gave him a barnacle one time and he dry humped her leg. I've never seen him do this to anybody, but he loved her. He appreciated her. He's like, you are my favorite. And she gave him a barnacle and he was so excited about it. So, I mean, honestly, some of you might not appreciate having your leg dry humped by a big giant um, you know, half pit, half uh, boxer dog. And he was uh, probably in the 80-pound range at the time. But, you know, we all thought it was funny. We all laughed at it. We appreciated the humor in the situation. And nobody had to get mad or angry or upset or offended. Because we're all friends. We're all getting along. We're all having a good time. So we still laugh about it to this day. It's been a few years. Uh, I got some trap taking care of that... Uh, Told that gentleman it was really hard to get away to do anything. And it seems like every time I got away, his health would get a little worse. So it made me not want to go away as much as you know, my girlfriend just really needed the help. There was nobody there else supporting us. They're threatening to throw me out because I'm not paying rent. But they're not paying me any money to give them rent. You know, uh, she really helped make the situation a lot better for me. And I made the situation better for her. So we bonded a lot through trauma. And, uh, a little more conversation about her probably later or another day or something. I personally think she's an amazing woman. You know, every time uh, I brought her down here to my current place here, uh, Baja, California, Mexico. Baja means under, so it's under California, Mexico. Right by the beach, 17-minute walk. I walked down here today, like I said earlier. But I brought her down twice. I brought her down once in August. Um, I brought her down in July. It was September. August and September. She said it was just going to be August. 
but I brought her down in September for a week too. And each of those times I would drop Leroy off with Davey so that Davey could have some time with his dog, do whatever. He's not really working. He tells his uh, probation officer he is. He spends most of his days drinking and smoking pot and, you know, being, being Davey, doing whatever Davey does. Uh, complaining about not having enough, braggarting about how awesome he was in jail. That's basically my 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 observation about this guy. Is he's either braggarting or he's whining about how hard everything is. That I mean, he doesn't have enough. And, you know, really, what it is is he doesn't have enough love for himself. Can't appreciate what he has. He's never going to be happy. He's always going to be looking for somebody outside of him to make him happy. Some distraction, something to do. He's probably always going to be buried in drugs and alcohol. And expect as soon as he's off probation, he's going to go back to the methamphetamines because, you know, that's the happy drug. When people feel so much happier, like getting that adrenaline, getting that dopamine hits, you know, doing it chemically instead of doing it naturally. So... I understand. I've been there a few times, but I gave that up a long time ago. So Leroy would get dropped off, and it always seemed like you know he Leroy was just a little bit worse for wear. The seizures were a little bit worse. I'd drop him off having like no seizures, or maybe a seizure every three days or something, and then I'd be getting him back, and he's like having a seizure every every day or two or whatever, and then. I'd stay up there for a week, and I'd get them more or less normalized. The guys got them trapped inside this room um, so that everybody else can sleep. But it's not set up in a way that helps Leroy. It's set up in a way that it helps him feel good about you know, Leroy not bothering everyone else. So Leroy hits his head on stuff. It's dark. He's knocking his food and water dish over, so he gets his food and water dish taken away instead of the food and water dish put in a better place. So, you know, I'm pretty sure that most nights he was not getting his third dose of epilepsy herbs, so definitely made it worse. But he, he was having his issues mostly at night, about 2, 4 o'clock in the morning. You know, he'd be up for a few hours just kind of going a little crazy. Um assume that was the schedule in his brain. Many of us have seizures in our sleep. I'm sure that they happen at a certain time and not just, uh, you know, all night. Some of them might be all night. It depends on, on how you go to bed. You go to bed all hypervigilant, all stressed out, all overstimulated. Your brain is already overstimulated and it's going to stay overstimulated. And it's going to be hard for it to figure out how to relax. So I always felt bad leaving Leroy up there, but I did. And this last time I left him up there, um, Davey was just planning on not working, you know, focus on his marijuana plants, his, you know, whatever, because the California law is changing. So he can only have, I think he said six plants at a time. Uh, I think that's the California law. As opposed to when I first moved up there and he got arrested, we literally had a hundred plants in the backyard. We were helping somebody else grow a hundred marijuana plants. It was unreal. Definitely not something I ever expected to see in my lifetime, but I understand, uh, you know, California is trying to keep the small growers out of the business. They want to make sure you're only 
doing licensed people that way you know they say it's for your own safety but honestly it's so they can keep criminalizing marijuana and putting people in jail punishing people that need to be able to support and help themselves um, I had a medical marijuana card while I was up in California, but here in Mexico, I'm not smoking. So I haven't really smoked in a few months, four, five, six, I don't know, I lost track. I stopped smoking. You know, sometimes I was like, man, it'd be really nice to just you know, zone out and forget about everything, but it doesn't do that to me anymore. It makes me so much more aware of the fact that my body is tight, my body's tense, my body brain is unhappy and that I've been ignoring it with uh, some of my distractions or you know my lack of motivation to take care of myself better or sometimes just eating the wrong thing I've noticed that a lot of my carb heavy diets have made uh have given me some worse days there's some days I did some pancakes and oh my lord those were like some of my harder harder days over the last couple months but so Leroy we had him on a raw food diet and mostly meat, you know, it's a good, healthy thing. But we were doing the raw, raw kibble. So it felt like that was doing really good, good for him. Um, and with the herbs that I provided for him, nobody else told me what to do. This is what I came up on my own. I got a little help from my friend Rainbow, but I ended up changing up all her herbs uh, into something that you know, I knew it would be a little more effective as long as it didn't give him seizures. Because some of these herbs gave me seizures. So I had to learn by trial and error. But I also learned, you know, if it's not helping, you can change it up. And if these herbs weren't going to help, I was going to change it up into what worked for me. Make it a formula that wasn't, didn't have the herbs in it that gave me a hard time. Like, I seriously think I have a hard time with mint, you know put mint in some of my food and that that seems to be hard for me um you talk about it hitting the liver channel in chinese medicine or the foot shao yog or um shao, sorry not jui yin put jui yin the terminal yin channel it's uh oh, kind of like the last last of the three stages or of the yin channels so it probably doesn't make much sense unless you study acupuncture or own some medicine. But for the most part, it's the way that the energy flows through your system. You know, this is uh, goes from your big toe up to your ribs. And uh, the energies on this channel are up and out in all directions. So if you're already up and out in all directions, then it's really hard to have something that's, you know, boosting that up and out in all directions and giving you more seizures. Personally, I needed some more consolidation, some anchoring. I didn't need to go up and out in all directions, but it's really good at, you know, smoothing out, you know, energetic blockages, you know, when your nerves are misfiring, you know, when your mitochondria are misfiring. Uh, these are different things about your chi. Chi's not mysterious. It's energy. You gotta understand. You know, your heart beats with energy. You know, when you have a heart attack or you go into defibrillation and they need to give you electronic shock to the chest to kind of reset the way that it is, your heart is firing. It's electronics. It's energy. So nothing mysterious about it. It's just Chinese is a bit of an artistic 
uh, language. They imply a lot. Uh, they expect you to kind of think and figure it out. It's not all black and white the way that most of us are raised, where we just expect, give me the yes or no answer. Give me the definitive answer. And you'll find in life that there's often no definitive answer. So you have a, this works for me, but it doesn't work for you. This works for you, but it doesn't work for me. This kind of works for us both. This kind of doesn't work for anybody except one random person, you know? So you can't ever say that things are black and white. There's an awful lot of gray. There's an awful lot of colors, you know? So hard to do black and white when you're dealing with uh, the color spectrum. Blue is neither black nor white. Red is neither black nor white. You know, these are, these are how you can talk about how bright it is. You can have a bright red. You can have a pink red, which has had even more white in it. You can have a dark red. You know, these, these are things of just different shades, different colors, different spectrums. And not everybody can see the same colors. You know, there's people are colorblind. You know, they can't see certain colors, so they have to have uh, monitors set up for them so that they can actually see the same thing or similar. You know, I've, I've actually looked at some of these things, and they look a little mostly grayed out, with a little extra blue in them and stuff, but, you know, it's great that there are tools out there to help us overcome our disabilities, whatever, whatever they are. I mean, if you're blind, they have Braille. You know, uh, audiobooks are awesome. Um, I picked one up recently from Brendan Bouchard. Um, it's free on Audible. And it has to do with uh, trying to try to get a little more motivated on my stuff a little bit. Uh, you know, personal development is the key to success in life. If you're not working on yourself, if you're not trying to be a better, better version of yourself or find the tools to be a better version of yourself, then you won't be. That's all there is to it. You just won't be a better version of yourself because, you know, it doesn't doesn't happen. Nobody can wave a magic wand. Nobody can say a prayer and all of a sudden, bam, your life is better. No, everything requires work. I mean, setting intention is great. So, I mean, if you pray, pray, you're setting intention, you know, it's great. So I'm going to start the walk back right now. Oh, I've been sitting here for about 21, almost 22 minutes. So my legs are a little bit half asleep. Oh, man. But, you know, walking Leroy. I like walking Leroy. So I got a call a couple weeks ago saying they, they want to put Leroy down. I'm like, all right, if you guys can't handle Leroy, let me have him back. Let me have him back. If he's too much for you, I get it. I get it. Not everybody can handle, you know, seizures. Not everybody can handle watching this. Not everybody can handle supporting the process of having seizures, but I can. Not only can I, but I'm willing. I'm willing. So I get up there and I find out that they took him off his epilepsy herbs and they're complaining about him having eight seizures a day. Big ones. And then having like 11 small ones, I'm like, but they took him off his herbs. They ordered some herbs, and for some reason, they thought that the new herb they picked up 
was supposed to replace everything that he was on. That it was just the one and only herb he now had to take. So they were just giving him something called Jan Huso. I'm sorry, I don't know the Latin. I'm sure there's an English for it, but it's a painkiller. So basically, they took away his anti-epilepsy herbs. They gave him a painkiller, a blood mover, help promote circulation, and he's having a bunch of seizures because there's nothing there to sedate him. So I figured this one out. I got his, got him back on his herbs. Uh, and honestly, I got up there on a Tuesday, uh, Monday. I left on a Monday, 12 o'clock, 1 o'clock. And my girlfriend's, I think, like 12 o'clock telling me they're going to put him down. I'm like, I'm on my way. I packed everything into my car. I took a different route this time. Man, I've been sitting at the Tijuana border for like four hours just waiting to cross. I mean, fortunately, I took a different route, and it was more like 20 minutes. So I got up there at a decent time. It wasn't like 11 or 1 o'clock. I think I got up there more like 8. Uh, so the next day, I decided, I haven't been able to do this like since his epilepsy started, but I decided to take him for a walk. Put his harness on, put his leash on. He's all excited. We go out the front door, and he's blind. This dog is blind. His head is all banged up, bashed up. They've had him trapped in this little area with nothing but sharp edges, and he's bleeding from all parts of his head because he's blind. And these people won't help him. They won't figure out how to help him not hit his head on everything. You know, if he gets stuck on a corner, they let him just scream in the corner until they're annoyed by it. Or, you know, he figures out how to get out of it. And he's blind. He needs help. He needs help. He's got epilepsy, and he's blind from his brain tumor in his brain. And all they can do is just make his space smaller so they don't have to worry about him. So they don't have to worry about paying attention to him. You know, they... And they wonder why it is his epilepsy is getting worse. So, man, I'm so upset, mad at these people for doing this to Leroy. So I get up there, we go out the front door, and we actually go for a walk for, for about, a, I do a quick walk. So it's like maybe a 20, 30 minute walk, and he has a, he has a seizure. Um, not horrible, but you know, not a, not a light one, but he has a mild grand mal. Um, like, almost all the way back to the house. And we get back, and he's, like, going a little crazy still. He's got all this energy he can't see. He needs to walk this stuff off. So I take him for another walk. And this time we go a little further. We go up to the park. We walk through the park. Walk back. And he lays down and he sleeps for five hours straight. No screaming, no noise, just peaceful, happy. Because he worked out the stress. He worked out the problem. He didn't, he didn't have to hit his head on everything trying to figure out where he is. All confused, all stupid, all retarded from epilepsy. I know you know what I'm talking about. We've had seizures before. We all feel stupid and retarded and we hate it. We feel trapped. That's the same thing going on with Leroy. But he can't say, hey, Dad, hey, guys, this is what's going on. He can just keep trying. 
Because what else do you do? You don't give up until you're done. You don't give up. So he kept trying. So every day, I'd go and take him for a walk. And I'd give him the right herbs. And I even ordered some more. Because we were doing two formulas. And we were doing that Yanhu so, and I combined it into another formula for him. So we could just do two, two formulas. And then ordered another set of the brain tumor formula and had it sent to my house so that it would be there when I got back with Leroy. So three formulas, two for his epilepsy, one for his brain tumor, and some pregnisone, which is a steroid, anti-inflammatory to kind of help with uh, inflammation and the pain and stuff going on. So, man. So... Every day, I take him for a walk, and then it comes around, I have my dentist appointment, and, you know, oh, man, my mouth, my gums still hurt from that dental appointment. I got another one coming up next month, or this month, I got to change the date. But yeah, another, I've been doing a dentist appointment every time I go up to see my girlfriend, drop Leroy off for the week, or whatever, if I, she doesn't come back with me, if she doesn't come back with me, we're just up there for the week, and I bring him back down. And then he's here with me for another three, four weeks before I go back up there. So, taking him for walks. Man, he's blind. Sometimes he's pulling to the left, like he wants to go left, because that's his thing. His brain's a little tight. But I just kept him going straight, and he kept walking. And he walked it off. And he'd come back, and he was more relaxed. And then, um, Wednesday... He's having a harder day. I literally walked him for two hours. Two hours. And I brought him back. And he finally laid down. Finally relaxed a bit more. And, you know, the guy Davey's been building, trying to make a hat, a helmet, out of dirty old towels in the closet. Didn't bother to wash them. Been sitting in the closet for at least a year or more. Haven't been washed. So dusty, whatever. So, trying to build a helmet. He doesn't want to spend any money on anything except his own alcohol, his own his own self-gratification. You know, he doesn't want to spend money on his dog. You know, he's still kind of that mindset, wants to put the dog down, because it's hard. He's tired. I hear him come out screaming, because Leroy's kept him awake for a few hours, but he's asleep until noon, 2 o'clock sometimes. You know, I see him in there playing video games on little handheld console, little Nintendo, whatever it is these days. You know, nothing wrong with video games, but he's you know, not not watching his dog. He's letting his dog run around his room scream, playing video games. And then, you know, he's upset in the morning because he's having a hard time because the dog is having a hard time because the dog doesn't have food. The dog doesn't have water. The dog doesn't have anything except a dark room when he finally decides to go to bed he turns all the lights off so this blind dog that can see shadows is extra blind running into stuff freaking out having seizures because he's freaking out and there's nobody there to help him so they want to kill him so wednesday i want to do this class you know but instead i take leroy to walk for two hours <laughs> so i missed this class it was all right um, you know, I was just happy to see Leroy. I was like, man, I hadn't seen Leroy walking. 
not so much. We'd be walking for, you know, eight days, nine days now. And then, you know, I tell Davey, hey, look, I want to stay until Saturday. I'm going to, if there's this class thing going on, you know, Ina had work on Saturday. So it gave me an extra, a few more extra days to hang out with her. And then I say something later on and he just wants to fight with me. He must have, like, twist my words and bully me about what I say. And I'm like, dude, I'm sorry. My brain doesn't work right. Sometimes the words I use aren't the ones I mean. Sometimes it comes out wrong. But he's always been of this mindset. He doesn't care what's going on with me. He only cares about how everything makes him feel. You know, so he starts freaking out. I'm like, dude, you need to stop with your temper tantrum. You need to calm down. This temper tantrum is not helping the situation. Like, stop overreacting. Come on, dude, calm down. But he doesn't want to. I don't want to calm down, so I'm packing my stuff. I'm like, I don't want to put up with this anymore. I'm out, baby. Like, I, you can, you know, we can get a hotel room together so I don't have to drive this late and get home at 2 o'clock in the morning and suffer and be in pain for driving so late at night. Driving at night really hurts. I think that's what I'm more likely to have a seizure driving. Oh, man. So I avoid, you know, driving at 11 o'clock. We got back one time and that really, really hurt. Like all week I was recovering from the drive. Couldn't really do much because all week I just hurt. So we got a hotel because he's still freaking out. I go and I'm like, hey, dude, I apologize. I didn't mean to upset you. Like, can I please take Leroy with me? And uh, they're like, well, when are you gonna? When is it okay to put him down? And I was like, when he's, when he's no longer having good days, when all his days are bad, you know. When that's that's my thought on it. He's still smiling. He's still happy. He's still trying. He still wants to be alive. Why would you know? To me, I want to kill him because it wasn't that he was suffering. It was having hard days. We all have hard days. And I mean, would you want killed? Just because it's hard on the people around you to watch you trying to struggle to survive? That's how I look at it. The life is precious. This dog is precious to me. He's like my little kid. I've been looking out for him, taking care of him for you know the last four and a half years. So to me, it was important to make sure he was as happy as he could be. That when he was ready to give up and die, that he could give up and die. You know, or when it got to the point where all he could do was scream and pain and misery, you know, then release him from it. But for the most part, like, he wasn't there. But he was with these people because they didn't take care of him. So I got thrown out. You know, the other guy has has got a bromance with this other kid there that's like 30. They both act like they're 20. Really hard having an adult conversation with adult children. Because they're really children in adult bodies. So you can't have an adult conversation. It's really hard. So, you know, everything's my fault. Nothing I say is right. You know, I say the sun is not the moon. The moon is not the sea. The sea is not the sun. It's basically you can't do somebody else's job. You can't be somebody else. You can only be yourself. You can only be you and be the best version of you. Like, you can't go out and decide to be an MMA champion fighter unless that's who you become. 
You can't go out and get yourself a doctorate in particle astrophysics unless that's who you decide to become. You know, you got to make a decision, and you can become these things. But just because you have a degree in particle astrophysics doesn't make you an MMA champion. You know, so this, that's what that means. It's like, you know, you can't be what you're not. You know, if you're you're a nice guy, you can be a nice guy and you can have bad days where you're not nice. But that doesn't make you a bad person. Sometimes you got to stand up for yourself. And that means getting a little aggressive. Sometimes it means running away. Sometimes it means making the hard choices that you are going to set boundaries for yourself. Whether other people respect them or not. So... You got to make boundaries for what you're willing to put up with. You got to make plans, goals. You got to decide where it is that you want to be, what it is you're willing to put up with. I was willing to put up with Leroy screaming. I was willing to put up with Leroy having epilepsy. I was willing to put up with Leroy's problems, like many of you would your own kid, your own children. You know, some of you feel that way about your parents, that, you know, you would be there for them, your, your spouse, your girlfriend, your boyfriend, your boyfriend and girlfriend, whatever the case may be, no judgment. You know, I, I feel like, you know, the last thing I would want to do is leave my girlfriend, even if something happened to her. She's been there for me for, through so much, it took a while for her to understand what was going on. You know, she knows that I love Leroy, and because of that, you know, she's been willing to finance a lot of uh, me taking care of him. So I really appreciated her for doing that. But when it came to the end, this last time, she was like, "No more. I don't. I don't want to put up with, you know, this guy. She still lives there, rents a place from him, but he still steals food from her." Doesn't replace it. Eats it in the middle of the night. Does all this stuff that he just thinks about himself. And it, it's been costing her a lot of money to live there and to be there. And told her she's going to put a fridge in the bedroom. A little mini fridge. And she'll keep the stuff in there. She doesn't want him eating. Because he will always do it. That's who he is. He's a selfish child. Selfish man child. He only thinks about himself. He doesn't care what other people think. He pretends, but it's only so he can make himself look good. So, it is what it is. It's been frustrating. It's been hard. I've been working on just trying to figure out what the best course of action is. I can tell you guys, without Leroy being around, it's disappointing. It's disheartening. I really love that dog. He, to me, he's a dear friend. A dear friend that was suffering that needed help that nobody else could give, which is basically how I feel I am here for you. I'm that friend here to help you figure out what it is to make your life better. I'm not here to judge you and put you down because you had a bad day. I want to kill you or murder you because your life is hard. I don't want to be the person in your life that is making you feel bad about yourself. I want to be the person in your life 
is making you feel good about your choices, your chances, your opportunities to move forward and have a better life. They go from epilepsy, what the hell is going on, to epilepsy, well, I can do something about it now. So, well, I can do more. Well, I can actually do a lot of stuff and not even have a seizure anymore. I can actually have a good relationship. I can make money and not have to be on disability. I don't know how many of you guys, you know, have had to settle for disability. I mean, you've been denied the opportunity for money to be able to help you support yourself. You know, I remember living off of just a couple hundred dollars every month. And man, it's hard. Go to food banks so you can eat. And get some food stamps so you can eat. You know, even right now, like I'm currently on food stamps because I can barely afford what it is I'm doing without the help of the people that love and support me. So I truly, truly appreciate all the help I get from my girlfriend. You know, she understands that this is hard, that I'm doing my best. This stuff is frustrating. You know, I'm frustrated with me because I didn't used to be so frustrated. I didn't used to be so angry. I had me under control, I thought. I was helping people and then I got sick and nobody was there for me. Or a couple people were there for me, but they didn't know what to do. They didn't know how to help. They didn't know what was wrong. They didn't know what questions to ask. Because that's the thing is, if you're not getting the right answer, you to ask better questions. So sometimes that's hard. You, you want somebody to take care of you. You want somebody to make your life better. You know, you want somebody to make all your problems go away. There's no Harry Potter with a wand to wave it around to make your life better. You know, you might have a Voldemort in your life. But, you know, the only way to save yourself is to save yourself. So, my dog is dead. Just thinking about him on the walk today. It was the first time I've taken a walk since I came back. Where I know I need to take more walks. I need to be better, proactive about taking care of myself. And honestly, the walks are some of the best ways I have discovered to personally feel better when I don't feel good. When I don't want to do anything. I don't want to accomplish anything. And yeah, sometimes I got to take a nap after the walk. Sometimes it's hard. But you know what's harder? Is not doing anything. Letting me feel, letting yourself feel like you're letting yourself down, but you're not making any progress. Not doing anything. It's hard. And it just gets harder to watch myself realize that I'm not in as good shape. I'm not in as good mental toughness my emotional intelligence is drastically reduced where i used to be able to just laugh stuff off i used to be way more creative used to have way more fun you know comparing myself to people on social media that are way more functional than me and you can't do that you can't compare yourself to the people that you think are more functional you're better off doing your job for you better off being you because nobody can be you but you because the sun is not the moon the moon is not the sea and the sea is not the sun 
So make sure you take care of yourself like you matter because you do. And remember to always do more than the doctor tells you. Do more than what's expected. Do more than you think that you can, but just start small. You can't do it all in one day. You can't say, all right, I'm going to be seizure-free one day because you said so and expect that your mind, your body, or your spirit is ready. You know, we've been going through a lot of trauma. We go through a lot of hypervigilance. We go through a lot of distractions and the whole process of going up and down, riding this roller coaster that's spinning you round and round. And sometimes it feels like there's no seatbelt. Sometimes it feels like you're going to be thrown out, thrown to your death, murdered, just give up and die. You know, these are not options. You know, too many people think that they have no options but to give up. But you do. You got to give in. You got to give in to what your body is telling you got to give in to what your brain that little asshole in your head what it says hey taps you on the shoulder tick, tick, boom lights out got to give in to what they're saying they're saying this is too much it doesn't mean not ever it means not right now and i never thought you know i was going to be able to drive without having a problem but i figured it out that as long as i'm taking care of myself and doing the right things it's a lot easier so much easier to do what you want when you're paying attention to what your body says. If you're too tired, you're too angry, too frustrated, you need to do something about it. You know, if you're depressed, lonely, fall in love with yourself. Work on yourself being the best version of yourself because ultimately in relationships, it's about what you bring to yourself, to the relationship. You can't expect people to make you happy because if you depend entirely on other people to make you happy your happiness will be fleeting but if you can fall in love with yourself you can find something to do that makes you happy and proud of being you makes the process a whole lot better this is the art of fulfillment versus the art of achievement you know i felt really good being able to help other people as an acupuncturist felt like i'd achieved something and that fell apart and I was miserable. But the fulfillment of it was I was able to help other people, even if for a little while, have a better life, a better day, a better moment. The same thing with my dog. I feel fulfilled knowing that I could improve the quality of his life in ways that no one else could or would, whatever the case may be. Because sometimes it's not that they can't, it's that they won't. You can't expect people to be what they're not. And if they won't do something for you, then you need to figure out either who will or how do you do it yourself. So I challenge you, work on yourself, do some personal development, find some things that are going to help you fall in love with yourself. So I'm going to let you go. I'm going to start walking up this hill again. Already off the beach, you can tell the wind's dead. So hopefully this wasn't too windy. And you know, I promise I'll be doing this more regularly. I feel like I've been letting you down as much as I've been letting me down. I haven't been bringing you along this journey. 
Because I feel like, you know, I want to be a winner, not a whiner. I don't know how many people have heard stuff like this. Whining. I don't want to be a whiner. I don't want to say, this is just too hard. Life sucks. Wah, 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 wah. I want to be a winner. I want winners have problems. They fall down. They say, this is tough. This is hard. Let me get back up. And I'm going to try again. I'm going to do some more. So, challenge you to be a winner. It's okay to say, hey, this is hard. But don't be stuck on the this is hard. Don't be stuck on nobody likes me. Don't get stuck on I'm not good enough. Because you are. Nobody can tell you your self-worth except you. So, if you don't think you're worth it, you need to change your mind. And if you don't believe in yourself, believe that I believe in you. Because I do. I'm not special, I'm just determined. You know, I'm a little slow about getting everything done, but I'm determined to help, to help you help yourself, to help you find the answers where no one else can or will. So have yourself a great day, month, year, week, life. Make sure that it's about you. And we'll talk to you real soon.